0: This is Sandy Horner, Managing Director, Wealth Management at Baltimore, Washington Financial Advisors. I'm speaking today with two financial planning colleagues, Tyler Kluge and Joe DePatty, and this is another discussion on behavioral finance. Today, we're going to be talking about mental accounting bias. So there have been numerous studies on the benefits of working with a financial professional. Obviously some of them are uh, very steeped in specific details. What we're talking about today is a bit more intangible and it is the behavioral aspect of how a financial professional can help you. So let's uh, start the conversation about mental accounting bias. Joe, what is it?
1: Yeah, mental accounting bias, it has to do with improperly reviewing information, so it's what we call a cognitive error, which is a little bit different than an emotional bias. And an emotional bias is when you know someone's feelings might come into play and cause them to make improper investment decisions. Those are a little bit harder to cure, but a cognitive error we can usually fix with a little bit more information, just being aware of those errors. And in this case, what mental accounting bias is, is when you mentally divide different accounts Um, into different buckets and then allow those different buckets to influence your overall investment strategy. So one example I like to use is maybe you've got a client who's got $500,000 in the bank in a savings account and then they've got maybe $50,000 in their retirement plan at work and that is invested for growth. So you've got a very small portion of your overall portfolio in you know more growth securities in a very large portion in a very safe vehicle. Now, when we think about building an appropriate portfolio, a very large amount of low risk might not lead to the, you know, returns you need to achieve your retirement goals. But in the client's eyes, hey, I've got 50,000 that's invested for retirement and growth securities. Why are you worried about that 500,000 that I've got in the bank that's not necessarily growing at the rate of return it needs to. So, but just by creating that different bucketing system in your mind, you know, you're going to potentially impact your, your long-term retirement plans.
2: Yeah. And another example, you know, I've seen with quite a few clients in situations, you know, again, everybody's approach to investing and risk appetite is different, but I've seen this firsthand, um, you know, where a couple examples of clients who had, you know, pretty large pensions, they had their income needs met and they were looking at their, overall portfolio, um, they got to the point where they were required minimum distribution age, so they needed to start taking money out of their IRAs. Well, they didn't need to live on it, so they wanted to reinvest that money in another type of the after-tax investment account. Well, I think this was a perfect example of mental accounting bias because they started bucketing these two different types of accounts. Even though they didn't need to touch both of them, nothing really changed other than they needed to shift buckets from one account to the other. Both of those based on their situation, could have been invested in a similar strategy because it's really long-term money, but they were mental accounting and and they wanted the after-tax assets to be invested extremely conservatively. They thought of this just mentally differently for some reason than their retirement plans, so they wanted to invest that in a very, very conservative, almost to your example, Joe, cash-like investment. Um, But in reality... You know, after lots, lots of conversations, but you needed to, we wanted to help them think through that really all of this money is for long-term goals. It, they don't need that short-term. So it's a, it is a common error, I think, a common bias that a lot of folks fall into. And I would add to this conversation
0: that we're not suggesting that there shouldn't be buckets for certain things and, and for other things. However, you can't let it negatively impact the way you're making decisions on the overall management of your portfolio.
1: Yeah, and ultimately what it comes down to is by creating these divisions amongst your money, you might be missing opportunities to build a portfolio with you know low correlation assets. So you might be limited, limiting your own potential outcomes just by creating this very strict division in your own assets.
0: Do you think that if you were to talk to somebody who was getting ready to retire and you notice that they had, you know, 60% of their portfolio in bonds because they think that that's what they should be doing as they get close to um, retirement. Is that kind of similar to what we're talking about?
1: Yeah. And I think that I'm going to lump that in the category with preferring income to total return. So if they're looking for, hey, I've got this bond, it's paying me 5%, that's great, that's all I need for retirement. Well, if you've got maybe a different investment that can grow more than 5%, but you're not open to it, you know, there's a potential there that you might be missing some overall total return. So yes, you might be getting 5% on the bond, but if you could get a higher rate of return with maybe including some price appreciation on maybe a different type of security, you know, there's a potential there by you really limiting the long-term
2: appreciation of your funds.
0: How does working with a financial professional alleviate this issue?
2: Well, I think number one, you know, we're keen to it. So that's something we're looking for. So first step is awareness, I think, helping our clients be aware of that potential bias or in, in how we look at accounts. You know, we really wanna look at the overall portfolio. So whether it's a Roth IRA, retirement plan, after tax, whatever that those account structures are, we want to look at the whole thing together collectively and make sure everything is structured appropriately. So I think it's, you know, you're getting a second, third opinion by working with a financial professional and so I think it's really just helping make you aware of that potential issue that you might be having.
1: Likewise, it's how those, how does that portfolio interact with what you're trying to achieve? So you know, by not only being aware of these you know, mental accounting bias, but also being aware of how this portfolio is going to interact with your overall financial plan. I think that is, you know, really help, helpful value add as well.
0: I think um, you can see an error that people make a lot too when they think having two or maybe even three different financial advisors is minimizing the amount of risk that they're exposed to because they're like, oh, well, you know, I have some money with this guy over here and I have some money with this financial advisor over there and they think they're actually reducing their risk profile, but in all actuality, they're probably increasing it, again, because the left hand doesn't necessarily know what the right hand is doing. You see people make that kind of conscious decision thinking that it's helping them, but it's really not, and I think that is another example of what we're talking about here. It's. Um, behavioral finance. Uh, It's not realizing what you're doing is actually harming you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore, Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.